Nanachu. Tell your neighbor you're going to live different from the way that you came in today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I felt in my heart today um, is, the, is to really take a moment just to really praise God for this event. This city is strategic not just for Ethiopia but for the continent. It's the capital of Africa. That means what happens in the church in this city has implications. Uh, if you remember the story of the Apostle Paul, uh, in Acts chapter 16, God gave him a vision to go to Macedonia. And he went to Philippi because Philippi was the leading city of Macedonia. And he understand that going into the city and whatever is done in, in the city, it has implications for Macedonia as well. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? What God does here is not just for here. It has implications. It has spiritual implications. So uh, today is a day of great uh, thanksgiving on our part. For all of us. Amen. Um, let, let, me put it, let, let me put it like this. Um, uh, the, 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 the product that we are producing, if you go to a factory that produces a soap or toys or electrical uh, uh, mechanical things, um, it, it comes into the factory as raw material. But then it goes through processing, cutting, developing, and by the end you get what's called finished product, right? It does not start as finished product. It starts as raw material. For us as kingdom citizens, we start, when we raise our hand to accept Jesus as our Savior, we come in as raw material. But as God starts to move and work and change and build us up, the final product that we are producing is love. The final product that we are producing is... is, is the ministry of reconciliation, all right? So when we come together like this, it's not a small thing. We are getting there. And so uh, even all of our ministry, all of our preaching, all of our, everything that we do all around here, it's not, it's, it's, it, the end result is this, it's toward this finished product. Hallelujah. Amen? So, so this is a big marker for us as the church. And I wanted us to uh, thank God and we're going to praise God properly. But uh, we also have to understand, even as Beza, that we are not the body of Christ. We are a part of the body of Christ. We don't function independent of the body of Christ. And uh, um, what happens, therefore, to the body, it it's has uh, implications for all of us. So it's a time of rejoicing. Go with me, please, to John chapter 17. And verse number 11, uh, verse number 20, and then we're going to also look at John chapter 11. Um, yeah, and we'll get, get to these verses in just a, a moment. But um, we have to understand that uh, in, in the Old Testament, there was no turning to God, turning back to God without turning to the temple. God's temple... Uh, uh, the condition of God's temple, it was a picture of God's, uh, of God's people's relationship with God. And the ruins of the temple was also a picture of their ruined relationship with God. 
So if we see, if you, we don't have time to go through all of this, but anytime it was time to turn back to God, Hezekiah, Josiah, Zerubbabel, come on somebody. Eh? Whenever it's time to go back to God, we start with building the temple because God's temple is connected, our relationship to the temple is connected to our relationship with God. Amen. That's how we turn back to God. And in the New Testament, after Jesus died and was rose again, a new structure arose, which is called the spiritual temple, the body of Christ, which we are. It's no longer a building, but first Timothy chapter 2, it says that we are all living stones. I'm a stone and you are a stone. And Ephesians 2 tells us that when the the stones come together, when we all are being joined together, the building rises to become an edifice in which God himself dwells. Hallelujah. So there is no uh, uh, solo driving in the kingdom of God. Uh, some people prefer to say, you know, I'll just do this thing with God by myself. Thank you very much. You won't get very far. It's a, 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 a unity, a body function. What happens to you affects me. What happens to me affects you. There's no such thing as this independent spirit in the body of Christ. There is no independent spirit in the body of Christ. Amen. We actually, what we have in the, in the body of Christ is interdependence. Praise the Lord. Uh, so that only further emphasizes why it's so important what happened last week. And, and the amazing thing is that really no one saw this, this coming. It was something that came out of nowhere. Praise the Lord. And uh, this has implications because if it came out of nowhere for the church, uh, it's going to come out of nowhere for the, for the nation. It's always the church first and then the nation. So I've been always saying, and those of you who've been here, you remember me saying, we have to get this thing right as the church because it has implications for the nation. If God surpasses the church to bless the nation, it's something wrong with that blessing. He always, the blessing comes from God through his people. Amen. The, the book of Ezekiel, I spend a lot of time there. The book of Ezekiel, it kind of is a big drama that explains this very idea. The book starts with the, the prophet Ezekiel by the Kebar River in Babylon with all of the, the, the captives. He's one of the captives enslaved in Babylon. And from that, that position, God begins to show him visions and explain to him the reason for your captivity, the reason for your slavery. And the, the story starts to build and we see that what happened is the people were not faithful to God. The people had defiled the temple, the people had uh, even jealousy and envy was found in the inner courts of the temple. And God saw this. And then the, there, the, there's a part there where the Bible says that the glory departed from the temple. Uh, and uh, then he goes on and explains not just what happens to Israel, but what happens to every other nation. Bicha, that temple, the condition of that temple was key to the whole nation and to all nations. God begins his restoration ministry in Acts, in, in Ezekiel chapter 40. The restoration ministry begins, hallelujah, with the reconstruction of the temple. Block by block, room by room. It goes into detail explaining the height, the depth, the quarters, the sacrifice, the sacrificial brazen altar. Every piece of furniture, every room is restored and replaced as it was, as God intended it. And then in chapter 43, it says, and the glory of God came and descended upon the temple. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. But this is the thing then what happens after that. Chapter 47, it says, Then after that, out of the temple, a river started to flow. And the river flowed and it got stronger, deeper, and wider. And it flowed into the whole land. Come on, somebody. And, and whatever the river touched lived. Hallelujah. It even crashed into the salt sea and made the salt waters fresh. Hallelujah. That's a strong river because salt water does not turn fresh. Fresh water turns salty. Even a little bit of salt makes the fresh water. But this river is so strong. Come on, somebody. That the salt water turns fresh. Dead things come to life. Hallelujah. This because of the, the river that came from the temple, that came from the glory, that came from the restored temple. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So God blesses the land through the temple. Now in the New Testament, it's no longer a temple. It's you and me. In fact, Jesus used these words. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. The city on the hill, it cannot be hidden. Hallelujah. You are the salt. You are the light, meaning that whatever is coming is coming through you. Whatever of a flavor is coming is coming through you. Whatever of a light, whatever of a visible, transformative, redemptive work, it's coming through you. Hallelujah. And we've seen the first fruits of, of, of that last week. The, the, the temple is coming together. Hallelujah. And, and the temple came together to give glory, give glory to God. Praise the Lord. This is a miracle that God has done by himself. Now, uh, I said go to John chapter 17, didn't I? Right. John chapter 17 and verse 20. Jesus praying. And Jesus is praying for his disciples here. Uh, and he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Hallelujah. Who prayed this prayer? Jesus. Uh, and, uh, okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Hold your finger there. Go just a few pages back to John chapter 11. This is the story of Lazarus chapter 11 verse verse uh, 41 uh, for those who don't know the story this was one of the last miracles that Jesus performed before his crucifixion uh, and as he was preparing to be the living man who would die he took the dead man and brought him to life verse 40 Jesus then said did not did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God verse 41 so they took away the stone then looked up at Jesus looked up then Jesus looked up and said father i thank you that you have heard me i knew that you always hear me but i said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me now i would like to juxtapose these two verses together tie them together and see what comes out of the blender in Jesus name now over here, Jesus said that, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of those people standing here that they may believe. 
And thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always, not just today, but always hear me. Jesus talking to the Father. I thank you that you always hear me. Then verse 20, that means that this prayer also is also heard. If the Father always hears Jesus. Verse 20 says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Now, who's the ones that believes in Jesus because of the message of the disciples? So Jesus is actually praying for us here, even though he was 2,000 years removed from us. All right? He's praying for who? For all those who will believe in me through their message. Hallelujah. So this is a prayer for me. Jesus prayed for me. And when Jesus prays for me, we know that the Father always hears what he prays because he has that kind of favor with the Father. So if Jesus, the Father was hearing Jesus when he prayed in, verse, in chapter 11, and the Father always hears him, that means that the same Father is also hearing him in John chapter 17 when he prays to the Father. Which means that the prayer that he prayed, the Father heard it. And just like the Father answered the prayer of Lazarus come forth, this prayer also receives that kind of favor, which says, eh, I pray that all of them may be one. Hallelujah. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You know what this tells me? This tells me that this thing of church unity, this is the lesson that I learned this week. This thing of church unity, we've been working hard. Some of you know how much we've had. We've had dinners here for all the ministers, pastors, and, and we've done all kinds of work. But it's tell, this tells me that uh, it's not our job to create church unity in the city. It's not our job to pray even for church unity. Because Jesus already prayed for church, ministry, church unity. And when Jesus prays, the Father always hears him every time he prays. And Jesus prayed for not only those disciples, but for all those who would believe that they would be one. This is what Jesus prayed. So our job is not to pray for church unity. Our job is to praise for church unity. Hallelujah. Because he prayed it. And the Father heard him. And what we witnessed last year was so amazing because everyone is looking at each other and says, how did this happen? His prayer was being answered and is being answered among us. Hallelujah. What happens? Why is church unity so important? Because if the church comes together, then all people will know that I, the Father has sent Jesus. And they will believe in him through our unity. Our unity is not for us. It's for him. But even we've preached about unity, we've tried for unity, we've, we've done. But when God steps up to answer the prayer, unity happens independent of any struggle of man. So our job is to praise for unity. Come on, somebody. Not to work for unity. Because it's, and it's so funny because if you know the Ethiopian, the particulars of the Ethiopian church situation, this was a miracle that was nothing short of Lazarus coming from the dead. Because we have issues in our church. We have competition in our church a little bit. Mm -hmm. We have uh, uh, 
everything that you can think of, the drama that comes with churches, uh, infighting, political fighting, doctrinal, theological, uh, prophetic, apostolic, uh, hip-hopic uh, struggles, they are all here in Ethiopia in the church. God took that extreme and that extreme and brought them together for a day of exalting Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And, 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 and no one, I'm trying to, uh, uh, I'm trying to paint the picture of how, how miraculous this really was. This was nothing short of Lazarus part two. Because we were that dead. Well, the Bible says, he who hates his brother is a murderer. We are murderers ten times, thousand times over. And God said, live. And God said, uh, uh, prayed a prayer that, that God answered. And so this is really a time for us to give praise to God. It's not a time to us for fight for church unity. It's not a time for us to... We all witnessed such a moving... You saw the president of Ethiopia was saying... Uh, uh, he said it, God said it, and he did it. Uh, just for your information, <laughs> in this country, eh, uh, other things have been said uh, from that level of office in the past. Like there is no God. <laughs> like uh, uh, even I remember Abba was telling us from the time when the revival broke up, they were watching the news and the, the emperor at that time gets on the news and commands all the military to begin an operation against this new Holy Spirit revival. To arrest everybody. And the, the, the minister of education said that people who are involved with this cult will not be allowed to further their education. They were watching the news one day and then they stood up and they said, That's us. And you know the, the story, you know the history. So from that same office today, Xavier Alehone, God said it and God did it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the words of Jesus himself. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are not the ones that build the church for him. He builds the church. He does his work. And when the church rises, the nation rises. Hallelujah. What, it was, what has been said is that they were saying that uh, this has never happened before in the church. And I said, ooh, hallelujah. That means something that has never happened before is about to happen in the nation. They were saying two years ago, even a year ago, this was unthinkable in the church. That means something unthinkable is about to happen in the nation. Hallelujah. Now, my, mark my words. Let me shift gears from teaching anointing to prophetic anointing. Okay? We are about to witness something that we have not seen before. The likes of which when the river flows out of the... Uh, let me say this. We need to land God's revival properly. I study revival. I study the move of God. One thing I've noticed is that the move of God has never found its final destination. Because what I read from Ezekiel, what I read from Isaiah is that when God, what God starts in the spirit, it results in a transformation in the nation. I mean physical transformation. The desert becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field becomes a forest. We have had a visitation of the Spirit where we shake and fall down, and then we go back to church fighting and church politics. The Lord is shifting gears where we go beyond that, where the revival is sustained by the body. 
Hallelujah. That we can carry this anointing, carry this glory to the point that the river changes our economy. Come on, somebody. Changes our political structure. Changes our education system. Brings righteousness and justice into the highways and byways. So that when we say the glory of God has come, it's not just goosebumps that you feel. But you see a nation rising. You see a continent rising. You see the broken places and the broken bridges being restored. Hallelujah. That's the full agenda of the Holy Spirit when he starts when he starts his, his work. And, and, and it seems like we've not been able to sustain that. Like we didn't know we were going to have this stadium a month ago when we started Prayer Unusual. We didn't know. There was not on the radar. I'll leave it at that. But, but when we started praying, uh, uh, if you remember two years ago, uh, there was a prophet who came to this country named Chuck, Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce was saved in the year 1974. And he tells the story that the day that he was saved, the day that he was saved, God spoke to him and said, I have called you to Ethiopia. 1974. After that, he gets up to go to Ethiopia. And every time the Lord tells him, no, 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 now's not the time. Now's not, the, no, no, no. 45 years later, he comes to Ethiopia because the Lord said, go. And he came to this church. Come on, somebody. And he prophesied some things. He dropped some things. If you were here, some of you remember, I got like a 45-year uh, prophetic something. Yeah. You know, wine, the longer it wakes, the, the, you know, it gets only. Yeah. I got something. I'm feeling it even now. My goodness. Like something hit me and I received something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that, my goodness, bring me back, Lord. That happened. Hallelujah. Let's just praise God for that. <laughs> a month ago, we got a call that Chuck Pierce has a prophetic word. It's COVID. He's doing it by, by video, by uh, Zoom. So we all, but we all got on there because, you know, we, we tasted the juice last time. And uh, he said he has a word for Ethiopia. Come on, somebody. Bring it on. Hmm? 45 years. Good wine. And he said, three months. It'll be very, very turbulent waters. But after three months, eh, then God is going to start doing unusual things. Okay? I believe the, 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 the word of the Lord. And we just took it. Amen. And then we started prayer unusual. And prayer unusual, we have a, a prophet, Tess, a Marinya service who comes. And she just got up, I have a word, please share the word. And she says, in two months. And that was actually two months from the three months. And she didn't know who prophet Chuck Pierce, I don't even know if she speaks English. And I know that Chuck Pierce does not speak a Marinya unless it's in the spirit. Hmm? And, 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 and she said, two months. And, and something like a, a rain of blessing, not like the shaky goosebump, but the blessing that changes economies, that fixes the injustice and the corruption. That, that, you know, some of us, you know, some of us, we are working so hard 
to fix the broken places and, and take care of the broken areas. But when God shows up, hallelujah, just like stadium came out of nowhere, economy can be healed. Corruption can be done away with, hallelujah. The desert can turn into a fertile field. And the fertile field can turn into a forest. That means the earth gives forth its fruit, hallelujah. Meaning that, like, you remember the story after the curse, man was banished from the Garden of Eden, Eden right? Where there was a lot of trees, a lot of food, a lot of fruit, a lot of blessing, but they were banished from that place of blessing. But when Jesus breaks the curse and he forgives sin, the penalty is paid and we come back, that means that the garden we lost is restored. And in Africa, our problem is not with a spiritual visitation. Our problem is that our desert has not turned into garden. And I believe a full blessing and a full revival is when not just we get a touch, but when the desert turns into garden. And I believe God is about to, 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 to hallelujah. He said two months, the reign of his, his blessing on the land. And there were some specific things about, like there's some uh, hidden, uh, precious things in our earth. We know it's there. Come on, somebody. Just read the book of Genesis. Come on, somebody. Eh? Eh? We know it's in there. Eh? And he said there's all kinds of favor that will be restored, help that will come, uh, 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 economic transformation will come that's what the and it's like it's as if the two of them were watching the same tv channel hallelujah so so uh prophetically this could only happen if the church is first visited properly amen if it skips the church it's probably not from god but the blessing that god gives he adds no sorrow to it hallelujah hallelujah amen so get ready get ready Hallelujah. I know uh, there are principles of God that we always follow that work for us. But there is also moments and kairos seasons of God's visitation that God is, is on a clock. That's why some of us, we've not received our breakthrough that we've been believing God for because he's trying to set things up according to his plan and according to his schedule. You know, say, why two months? Why not now? I don't know. That's his business, not mine. He's driving. Thank God he's driving. I'm not driving. Two months. Hallelujah. No, I, I believe, I believe, because even before we started this ministry, God said that there's something special about this place. We didn't know. Some of you, you understand this prophetic. There's something God is up to. We don't know. But God did not say that you're going to do something great. He said you're going to see something great. We came here to see something great. Hallelujah. Something great by way of... of uh, Something that only God can take credit for. Something that will be so God-exalting that Jesus will be lifted up and Jesus will be seen by all men. Hallelujah. And the pieces are coming together now slowly by slowly. Do you feel that in the spirit? Something is happening beyond us. Hallelujah. Something I can't explain. Spiritual things are the most difficult things to bring down into earthly language. All right. So, so we had a blessed time. Now, uh, something happened that I, I wanted to share and... Uh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Uh, after the program, I had to go to uh, Alexo, and I met, met somebody who, who, who knew me, and we were, you know, you know how it is in Alexo, in this country, you just go and sit on the available seat, and then someone came sat next to me. We started talking, he knew my ministry, and knew what, 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 what we're doing, and we had a conversation, and he said something like this, and I'm sure some of you can re relate. He said, my goodness, that was such a good program at the stadium. There was such a blessing, praise God. So great to see Nagargin. Nagargin in Amarinya means but. Meaning that 
it was good, but. And I said, what's the but? And he said something like, well, it's good we're all coming together, but you know, so-and-so is a little bit, and so-and-so's teaching over there is a little bit off. And you know, so-and-so thinks he's whatever, and there's all kinds of, you heard about so-and-so's life. How can we all come together? Somebody is a false teacher. Somebody is a false prophet. And you're saying all this in the name of love, in the name of unity. And he says, it's, it's a bit dangerous to do this. I don't think it's a good idea. It's good, but... And I said, Lord Jesus, I didn't know so-and-so was a false phenomenon. I didn't, you know, I like, I really, I'm not as aware uh, of what's going on out there because, you know, I'm in prayer unusual. Prayer unusual, there's a different report in prayer unusual. So it's like, you know, he, he blows up the bubble and then popped it. You know, praise God for what he, but, gone. I said, in Jesus' name. What is this? And the Lord put something in my heart that I wanted us to take. Maybe this is more for Amharic speakers because you know what's going on in the city. But even I think it's a good principle for all of us because there will always be a little bit of this and a little bit of that in the move of God. All right? And the Lord kind of led me to this, this, this idea in, in, in John chapter 11. You remember the story? Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have always heard me, verse uh, John eleven forty two. I knew that you always hear me. <clears throat> but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he called out in a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Hallelujah. Everybody say, Lazarus, come out. Verse 44, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is what the Lord told me. Um, it was good that Lazarus came out of, out of the grave. It was a good thing. It was a miracle. But as you can see, there was grave clothes wrapped around his hands and his feet and around his head. So he was alive, but he was not free. He was out of the grave, praise God, but he was still bound. And, and so it would be a little bit of a, of a contradiction and a hypocrisy to say, well, praise God, he came out of the grave, but what about those grave clothes? I, dis, dis, uh, I, I disavow this miracle because there's too much grave clothes here. It's like to reject the miracle of raising from the dead because there's still grave, it's missing the point. Okay? You can fight grave clothes, but you've missed the point that God did something truly miraculous. And don't throw out the miracle because you don't like the grave clothes. The grave clothes the same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead is the same Jesus that can say, remove the grave clothes and let him go. If he did that, don't throw away. And I know there's, there's, there's problems with personalities. There's problems with doctrine. There's even in this, in this nation people who are not anointed by God at all. They are anointed by Ajire. Hmm? And they, they, use the, they use the prophetic picture to create all kinds of I know, but that's just grave clothes don't throw away this miracle if God has brought Lazarus from the dead the grave clothes is not impossible for him either 
Hallelujah. If God did this, surely he can finish what he started. If God did this, he can also do that. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? So, so if you have that concern, I want to just settle the issue for you right now. Hmm? Uh, don't let that but get in the way of this glorious miracle that we, we have come out of. The, yes, we are. But my God, God has raised a dead body and brought it to life. Hallelujah. And our God is still here. Hallelujah. He sees the dead body raised. He also sees the grave closed. He is the one who builds his church. The one who started will finish in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, so, so uh, it takes a special eye of discernment and faith to see the body and the grave clothes and praise God anyway. It takes a special discernment to see the body raised and to also see the grave clothes and to praise God anyway. Hallelujah. Because God is driving here. Hallelujah. God will finish what he started. God will clean his house. God will clean his church. He is the head of his church. And I see we get sharper and sharper as we go on marching in this vein. God will bring more glory and more weight. Hallelujah. And this glory will touch the heart of this nation. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we even, I'm uh, prophetically again, shifting gears. We are going to see people from this, this side going into orthodox church to preach the gospel we will see people from that side the orthodox church coming to this side to preach the gospel hallelujah even already uh, I, I guess that i just said in the earlier service so i can say already there's a lot of movement and we've come a long way with the orthodox and the catholic church to create something hallelujah um, you say well pastor z that's Orthodox Church. We're not Orthodox. We are Pente. Hallelujah. Uh, listen, you were not saved because you were Pente. You were saved because God saw a mess and said, let me do something about that. So if God could save your mess, he could save mess there. He can save mess there. Amen, amen. Uh, but there's mess everywhere. There's one cross. There's not a two cross or a three cross. There's one cross. There's one blood that was spilled. There's one salvation. All right, and uh, actually, the, the foundation of Orthodox theology—it's nothing but that one cross. Amen. Uh, can I share something? You know, one thing that inspired my studies is that when Abba's generation received the Holy Spirit, this was in 1963, when the Holy Spirit fell on on them. They were not evangelical believers at that time. They were actually Orthodox believers, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. Just some a history lesson. Now, this was always interesting to me because if you know the Bible, the reason the Holy Spirit can come on somebody is because sin has been removed. Hmm? When uh, all have fallen short of the glory of God, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So where there is sin, there can be no glory. That's the missing piece. If their sin is removed, then the glory can come. Adelim? Mm. Example, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus. The Holy Spirit did not fall on John. Why? Because the only one who was without sin at the Jordan River was Jesus. That's why Jesus, the Holy Spirit, did not fall 
on anybody until after Jesus resurrected because now sin has been paid for. The 120 received the Holy Spirit in the upper room. So this was my question. How could the Holy Spirit fall on Orthodox believers unless he's in there somewhere? Eh? There might, might be some grave clothes. Come on, somebody. But there's something in there. Jeez. Mm. So I believe we're on the verge of something special. I want you all to get yourselves ready. As Beza Church, this is our instructions from the Lord. Get ready. Prepare yourselves. Something we have never seen before happened in the house of God. Something that we have never seen before is about to happen in this nation. Something we have never seen before is about to happen in this continent. The church of Jesus Christ is arising, not by our mandate, but by his mandate, by his prayer that the Father answered. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want us all just to stand where we are and give praise to the one who is worthy. Give praise to the one who brought us this far. Open your mouth and just give him a thanksgiving hallelujah. Because of what he has done and because of what he is doing, I praise you, Father. I praise you, Father. You are worthy today, Father. We bow before your throne. You are amazing. You are majestic, Father God. We lift you up and we bless your name, Father God. There is none like you in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Father, we have witnessed a miracle. No, this is not a small miracle, Father God. This is Lazarus coming out of the dead. Father God, I thank you. We have given us the privilege of witnessing such a move, such a visitation. We give you the glory and the praise. I pray, Father God, that as you have prayed, that we would truly be one. Hallelujah. As you are one, let this light shine. Let the world see who Jesus is. Let the world see your hand. Let the world see your glory, Father God. Father God, you have done an amazing thing among us. We don't want to treat this normally. We don't want to treat this casually. To you belong the praise. To you alone belong the glory. Hallelujah. Take your place among us today, Father God. Take your place in your church, Father God. Take your place among us, Father God. I pray that the fragrance of your goodness, the fragrance of your saving grace, Father God, will start to permeate, Father God. And let those who are in darkness see your light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Finish what you start, Father God. From this place, a river shall flow. Hallelujah.